Welcome to Gardening Talk back for a Monday afternoon. Greg Richard here, joined by Scott Sharp. Scott, great to see you. Great to see you as always. Likewise. Yes. You're looking forward to the Vyats? Yes, so I might go and have a, a bit of a squeeze. I'll probably be able to hear them from my place at Carrington. I thought that's what we might talk about today, actually. It's not going to help the poor people uh, with V8s and the noise, but uh, if you want to cut down some noise, what sort of hedging plants you can ah, put in? Yes. Good idea. Yes, nice segue. Uh, we might <laughs> even try and get back to the tomatoes we were going to talk about last week and pruning them, yep. uh, cucumbers and uh, medicinal plants if we have time. And we've got Kerry from Cessnock, and Scott, she's, Scott, she's got a question about hippie ashtrams. Hey, hey, Kerry, how can we help you with them? Yeah, hello, Scott. Um, I'm moving house in the next couple of months, and I've got a magnificent crop of hippie ashtrams. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they finished flowering um, now, and I'm wanting to take them with me. Do I cut the tops off, pull the bulbs out now, or do I need to leave them as long as possible? Um, or what's the go there? I believe they're pretty tough. So yep. can I do this now, or should I wait as long as I can, or what? Yeah, look, they, they are very, very tough bulb. You know, they'll virtually grow in, in nothing. They're, they're that tough. Uh, the, the rule of thumb with bulbs is to leave them until they die down because it's feeding back into the bulb at that time. Uh, so, look, right. yes, if you can, leave it as long as possible. But that said, you could just dig them out at any time with a hippie astrum and off you go and they'll be fine. Okay, so when when I do get around to doing that do I if there's any um foliage left on them do I cut that off and just pull the bulbs out do I need to replant them straight away or do I let them dry out completely and then you know plant them in six months time or what would be the way to go there uh, look again I wouldn't go and cut the foliage off I'd actually just leave that on there just pull the bulbs out and take them where you're going you could probably even just let them uh, you know sit in a shady spot somewhere and, and uh, let that foliage just die back down naturally and at that point in time you could just put them into a, a nice dry spot uh, you know in the garage or somewhere wait for ne- wait till next year just leave the, the, the bulbs sort of in a, in a pot dry and, and let them dry out and yeah, that, whack that, them in later. that will really be fine with them. Uh, I've had a number of them. Uh, some of them you can just... I've just left them in pots, uh, you know, underneath a hedge, uh, you know, under the house. And yep. they're just one of those bulbs that just seems to keep on going and you get a magnificent show of flowers out, out of hippie astrums. They really are an amazing plant. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have. I've got, um, I've got some of the pink and white ones and some of the red ones, so... I've got them marked in the garden. I'll be able to keep them separated into their colours when I do get round to doing it. Oh, excellent. Um, so I know, you know, which ones are which and I can plant them in clumps and, yeah, they are absolutely spectacular. So. Good, good. You know, and you know All the right. wonderful thing about hippie astrums? I don't do it. They always flower during the summer of love. Oh, do they really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are beautiful. Well, oh, look, I apologise for that. Greg made me do it. That's, oh, but he did. That's, that's All shocking. right, thank you. Thank you very okay. much for that. Good Scott. on you, Kerry. You'll be fine thank with you. them, not a worry. Thank you. Okay, bye. That's some of your best work. That is some of my best work. I've been building up for that for so many years now. <laughs> I thought it was off the cuff it was that good. It could have been. <laughs> We've got Gail now from Mount Hutton, and she's got a question about roses. Hey, Gail. Oh. How can we help you, Gail? Good afternoon. I've got several mini roses, which we've been spraying for aphids yes. on them. But the flowers are coming out now deformed and with white powdery stuff all over the leaves and the leaves are all falling off and fine webs around the flowers. Have you any idea what's happening to them? 
Uh, look, as far as the powdery stuff, that sounds like you've actually got powdery mildew on there. So you need to spray with a fungicide to get rid of that. Right. You know, so for that, you can use Mancozeb, uh Plus or Copper Oxychloride. Either one of those will do the trick for you. Right. Uh, uh, Trifurene uh, will only work for black spots. So you're best to go for one of those other ones that I mentioned, the Mancozeb or the Copper Oxychloride. Uh, as for the webbing, uh, look, that's uh, there could be some sort of spider mite on there, but if you're spraying with a general insecticide, just use some pyrethrum, uh, and uh, that that should try and clear that up for you. Oh, one of them has been really distressed. I've, I've just cut it right back, but it is coming again. The, the rose itself is coming again, so it hasn't killed the rose. No, no, and if, oh. if it is the downy mildew, the other thing to do is also to mix up some in the watering can uh, of the mancozeb or the copper, and uh, just generally water around the soil because the uh, fungal spores actually live down in the soil as well and they splash up okay. onto the plant. And also I bought some potting mix, mm-hmm. which I've got in a pot near the back door, but we're getting all these little tiny black insect-like fly things in the house every time you open the door. And I'm sure it's coming from the potting mix. Have you any suggestions for that? Yeah, so again, you know, they've probably just uh, happened upon there and, and uh, laid some eggs in there. Uh, the only thing you can do for that is get some pyrethrum again. It's a nice natural mm. uh, insecticide and just give it a general spray in the area and see if you can keep it under control. Okay, all right then. Thank you so much for your okay. help. Thank you, Gail. Okay. And look, Gail, did you like my joke before about uh, hippie astrums? Well, I know I missed it because I had to turn the radio off. I don't think think Greg's going to let me do it again. Oh, I think it was a good one anyway. Thank you very much. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Thanks, Gail. Cheers. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. I don't think so. I'm going to try and shore up support for my joke this afternoon if I can. I thought it was off the the top of the head, so... Yeah, well, okay. No, I did actually pre-plan that one. Really? Yes, it took me about five minutes to come up with it, but... (laughs) And we have a Scott as well from Wanji, and he's got a question about garlic. How can we help you with it, Scott? Mate, just wondering, I've got three garlics that went to seed. So basically I've got three clumps of little garlic plants now. They've all died off. Yep. What do I do with the bulbs? Do I store them till next year or...? Uh, no, you can leave those in now, uh, but bulbs take a, a while to mature, so it's about eight months, uh, eight or nine months before they mature, so you've got a bit of uh, you know time ahead of you with them. Uh, but no, look, just leave them in the ground and uh, let them go. Right, so they garlic need a lot of water. I could just hide them away somewhere and forget about them. Uh, look, you, you can't. Uh, garlic don't need a great deal of water. Um, they're pretty self-sufficient, so you just water them occasionally, uh, you know, maybe once, uh, twice a week, and then otherwise just let the rain look after them. Right, too easy. Okay, good on you. Excellent. Thanks, Scott. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. So, garlic's pretty easy. Yeah, very easy to grow. Oh. So, anyone can do it? Anyone can do it, yeah. E- even me. Even you. You could do it in a pot if you wanted to. Very simple to grow. Oh. I might give it a crack. Yeah. Everyone likes garlic. Yeah, and, and look, it just sits in there. It um, looks after itself. No pest and disease or anything. I, I think the only thing you could do is overwater it and uh, kill it that way. Oh. Well, and I'm sure you're not going to do that. That will not be a problem. No, no, it will not. <laughs> We've got Dot now from Raymond Terrace, and she's got a question about standard roses. How can we help you with them, Dot? Hi. Um, someone gave me some roses, the standard roses. Yes. Um, but they were kind of neglected, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the best way to revive them again? Okay. So are they in pots or in the ground, Dot? Neither. Neither. Oh, they're just sitting out by the side of the house, are they? If they were, yeah. Yeah, okay. So get them in the ground uh, mm-hmm. and uh, make sure they're staked as well so they're not going to fall over because no doubt the root system's probably been damaged, uh, you know, when they've been dug out. Uh, and yeah. then the, uh, the next thing to do 
is actually to give the head of it a really good prune. So for uh, people out there, the uh, a standard rose is one of those ones that are on like a, a stem and then the head is up a little bit higher. It's uh, just, I don't know why they call them standardised roses. I'll have to find that out. Just, they're just standard roses. I have roses. no idea. Yeah, there there we go. Because they stand up. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's go with that. So at least like, we sound like experts now. Uh, but the main yeah. thing is to reduce the uh, the head of that rose because it's going to be stressed and probably die back anyway. So you could mm. probably reduce that by about a third if you wanted to and cut it back. And then the main thing is give it plenty of water. No fertilizer at this time. Uh, you probably, uh-huh. you would not fertilize now until February uh, once you've just put a rose in like that. And it's just water, water, water. Um, the root system's been compromised, so it really just needs that to get it back together. If you fertilize, the plant can't process that, so you'll actually draw it up into the plant and uh, quite possibly burn it and uh, make it even more unhappy than it is at the moment. No, I don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> so, yep. So, uh, learn, uh, you know, about the hose and the, and the, and the tap and just make sure it's getting watered very, very heavily, uh, during the day. Put some, um, water in the, the hole that I dig. Yes, absolutely. As well. Absolutely. Always fill the hole up with water. Um, that's yeah. just to try and, um, you know, actually saturate that area so that once the root system goes in. And look, the other thing you could do as well, if you really wanted to, uh, you could get a couple of buckets of water and uh, stick the root system in it, in that um, of the plant, you know, for an hour or so, just to let it soak up some water, then stick it in the ground. Make sure they're well staked so that they don't topple over. And uh, all should be well with them. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, good on you, Dodd. Have, okay, have some fun and have some luck with it. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are FM. You've got a question for Scott Sharp, 49216216, and we've got Bill from Nelson Bay, and he's got a question about confetti tree, confetti plants. Hey, Bill, how can we help you? Mate, I've just been given a couple of plants. Um, they said they're called confetti plants or confetti trees or something, but I can't find any reference to them. Yeah, look, they've got a leaf like a little round leaf. Okay, uh, look, I'm not exactly sure which one they are. There's a couple of ones that I've I've heard called confetti plants. Uh, yeah, and again, they just get a little white flower on them. They love being out in the full sun. Um, look, can you email us a picture of that particular plant? And we yeah, should be able to, do, and, yeah, and we should be able to help you out with that. All right, and, no worries. And I'm going and I'm going to my my. Trusty, trusty uh, email <laughs> person. He's going to give you our email address. Our email address okay. is Aha. gardening at twounurfm dot com. Here we go. Nice and simple. Easy to remember. Not a problem. <laughs> we'll okay, help, I'll we'll send help, it to you. We'll help you out with a bill. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Bye, bye, bye. No, no worries. Cheers. Thank you very much, Bill. Um, hedges. Yes. Now, they're good to block out sound, you were saying a bit earlier, yes. which is handy with supercars. Supercars is going to get noisy. It's probably not going to help the people up around the East End, but it might not even help me over in Carrington because I was up the Gold Coast uh, one time and you could hear them from a long way away. Mm. I used to live in Bathurst, so... Ah, oh, so you'd know about it as well then, yeah. If you love the sounds of engines, yep. you're in luck this weekend. Right. Uh, the helicopter's flying around as well. That uh, You forget about that part of it as oh, well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that is gonna... non-stop from Thursday. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of those. But uh, if you do want to get rid of uh, road noise even, uh, hedges are a fantastic way to do it. Uh, because they really absorb a lot of sound. And you want to get the, the densest hedge possible. Yep. Uh, so, look, depending on on the situation, um, conifers are, make an excellent, excellent hedge. They're very, very dense. So for that sort of thing, you'd use a nailer's blue. Uh, you can keep them cut down quite low. You don't have to let them get tall, although they will get quite tall if you let them. So conifers are a very, very dense and excellent uh, way of getting rid of uh, sound like that. 
I, I guess uh, some other things, some other plants you could use uh, are lily pillies, especially if you only want a hedge that gets to about uh, three to four metres tall. Yep. Uh, there's uh, quite a, a few different varieties of lily pillies. There's a particularly nice, dense little one called uh, Syzygium lulu. What was that? Lulu. What's the first part? Syzygium. Yeah, very good. Yes, that, that's its botanical name. And it only gets to about uh, three to four metres tall. Really nice red foliage on it when it comes out uh, nice and fresh. Uh, and also a very dense plant. So it just takes away that hiss of the road noise. Of course, there's marayas. They'll do the job for you as well. Uh, you know... Uh, any, you know, getting a plant uh, so that it, uh, you know, takes away that line of sight. You know, if you can see the road, chances are you're going to get, you know, a lot of uh, road noise from that. Okay. So if you need to get rid of it, you get your plant up there to try and get rid of that line of sight and it's going to absorb quite a lot of uh, no, uh, noise for you. So the rule of thumb would be if you can see it, you can hear it. If you can see it, you can hear it. You're still going to hear it, unfortunately, oh. um, <laughs> but it will absorb quite a lot for you. I remember I was living out at uh, New Lambton for a time and the, uh, the hiss from the road noise out there on the uh, out road was was quite bad eventually we got some lily pillies up and growing and they did a terrific job of getting rid of that road noise for us i've never heard hiss of the, of the road before oh haven't you heard that the tires sort of hiss as, as they go past i've never heard that before yeah yeah that's the way i described oh. it anyway it was quite, just this high just imagine all these snakes around your house well there were a few of those up there as well the cat used to bring in uh, baby brown snakes for us to uh oh, that was look nice after. yeah it was very nice yeah <laughs> A little bit scary when you walk out in the morning and there's a, there's a brown snake in your lounge room. I don't, I'd imagine so. Yes, yeah, yeah. all was well though. And we've got Tim from Swansea and he's got a question about tomatoes. Yeah. Hey Tim, how hey, can mate, we help how you? Going? Yeah, very, very well. How can we help you, mate? Um, I mean, tomato um, flowers, mate, you get, um, they go sort of brown and fall off. Yeah, okay. Um, that's generally a, a fungal disease with tomatoes if that's happening with them. Yeah. Have, you, have you got anything out there to spray it with? Um, I've been putting dust on them. Yeah. And, um, and just feeding them, you know, like just giving them a bit of a dynamic lifter. But the, the fruit I am getting is beautiful, you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. It sounds like you just got a, a little bit of a fungus going through your your, uh, your buds on there. Um, yeah. mate, just go and get a fungicide. Um Usually, uh, copper oxychloride or mancozeb plus is the best. So it's always oh, good. Yeah. yeah, it's always good to have that. It sort of never goes off, really. Um, you just keep it in your in your garage. It's a powder, and you can just mix it up every now and again when you need to use it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So give give your uh, your new flowers a spray with that, and uh, always just make sure your tomatoes are being well watered. Uh, yeah, plenty you, of water, mate. Yeah. yeah, evenly watered with tomatoes is the thing because you know sometimes you get a dry spell. And then all of a sudden it rains and your tomatoes, especially when they're ripening, they'll split because they soak up yep. all that water and they can't use it. Yep. So the main thing with tomatoes is to make sure that they're getting regular watering. Uh, yeah. yeah, not not just, you know, you don't do it, you know, for five days and then all of a sudden you give them a great soaking. Yeah, well, I always do it every second day, you know, give them a good bit yep. of a drink, you know. Yeah, perfect. Um, that, that sounds fantastic for them. Yeah, well, thanks, mate. I, I didn't mind your joke, mate. You know? Oh, there are. So <laughs> completely unsolicited. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. Okay, mate. Thanks for your help. Good on you, Tim. Bye-bye. All right. That's one. That's one. Oh, it's two. It is technically two. You can't put yourself in as, as a two. <laughs> We've got Jim now from at Cameron Park, and he's got a question about lemon trees. How can we help you with them, Jim? Good, Scott. Uh, mate, they've got two. Uh, one is a bit grey. The other one, uh, it's got like a grey skin on it. Part, part, part of the lemon's grey, and when yep. you cut it, you've got like an orange fleck through it. Yep, okay. Yeah, through the lemon. 
Yeah, so look, that that's melanose, what you've got there, and it is a fungal disease that you get on the uh, on the skin of the lemon. Uh, generally, yep. it doesn't actually affect the the taste of the lemon, but it, obviously, it wrecks up the appearance. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, like we just uh, recommended for Tim from uh, Swansea, you need to go and get a fungicide, uh, the copper oxychloride or Mancozep Plus, and uh, mm-hmm. start spraying that. Um, right look, it won't really uh, fix up the lemons that are damaged already. Uh, yeah. But certainly, uh, you just need any you know little green ones you see coming on. You start spraying. Them. I've got a, I've got a heap of them, heap of yeah. them on there. It's cool. Yeah. yeah so yeah. look, it's, it's important that you get out there and spray now. Uh, look, yep. uh, those fungicides aren't harmful to you know bees or anything like that. So you oh, can... I was going to say that it's harmful to dogs. Uh, no, look, no, those fungicides aren't. Uh, you know they're pretty no, safe great. to use. Uh, there might be a very small withholding period. You know, like for one or two days on, the, and it yep, always yep. says that on the packaging. Uh, but yeah. yeah, with a fungicide, yeah, you can spray preventatively as well if you want to but certainly a good time right. to get out there now and do that well thanks very much scott much appreciated okay good on you jim thank you cheers mate bye, bye. It's Gardening Talk back on 2 and you are at FM. 49216216 is the number to call if you want to ask Scott Sharp a question. And we've got Ron from Ashtonfield. He's got a question about African violets. Hey, Ron, how can we help you? Not bad, Scott. Uh, we've got an African violet here. We've had it for three years and never, ever flowered. Right. It, it sounds like it needs a feed in that case. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, the soil's probably a little bit tired. Uh, with African violets, they, uh, look, you could use an Osmocote on there, you know, one of those slow-release ones, just as a, a general, uh, you know, fertiliser all year round. Uh, but they do like a, a liquid um, uh, fertiliser. And generally, if you go to your uh, garden centre, there will be a specific African violet uh, fertiliser that you can buy. I see. All right, yeah. I have got some Osmocot here, so... Yeah, well, yeah, get that on there and use that every uh, three months. Have you got any other fertilisers in the garage? Uh, uh, well, like, just, uh, like, um, uh, we're just, we're just escaping me now. <laughs> oh, no, look, that's all right. I was just going to say, yeah. if, you, if you have got any other sort of liquid yeah. fertilisers in there, uh, you know, like... Have, th- we have, but I'm just... Um, yeah, thrive, thrive or flourish. Uh, look, just check yeah, on the, flourish, yeah. yeah. Okay, check on the packaging for that, and uh, it may well say African violets on there. I can't recall just um, now, but just use the weakest strength of that and give it a feed with that, and that should be fine for it. Very good. Thank you very much. Okay, Todd. not a problem. Thank you. Okay, see you later on. Bye Thank bye. you. Bye bye. Right. We've got Peter from Stockton, and he's got a question about lavender. Hey, Peter, how can we help you? Yeah, good day, mate. Uh, look, uh, I've got some French lavender. Uh, planted there. I, I put about three in and they've really thickened up. Is it a good time to cut them back now to prune them? Yeah, look, it is an ideal time to prune lavender back now because they should have uh, gone through their first flush of flowering and uh, so it always is a good time to give a, a plant a prune back after it's finished its, its flowering spell. Uh, now look, mate, the main thing with lavender though is do not go hard uh, because you'll almost certainly uh, kill them. So you never go back into the sort of the hard old wood on lavender. Uh, they just never seem to recover from that. Uh, always just sort of lightly nibble away at it back where it's still soft and green. Uh, and that's about as far as you can go with it, unfortunately. It's pretty thick at the moment. Uh, and and I, I was just wondering, what do you, you, you just cut it. And until it's thinned out or you just take off the, the green bits? Yeah, look, you can get some shears out if you want to and just and cut it back that way. You don't have to be, uh, you know, really exacting about the, the way you cut it. Uh, just get the shears and just lightly start to go off over the top of it. Um, but as soon as you get back into hardwood, you really need to stop then. Otherwise, it, it just won't come back for you. All right. Now, it's got, it's lost all the purple pods and now there's uh, 
sort of greeny brown pods there, I guess, waiting to flower, is it? Uh, well, it, look, that, it sounds like they might have just died off. Uh, um, usually, uh, lavender, you, it just comes from the end of the stem. It doesn't actually come from a pod. Uh, so that sounds like the old seed just sitting there. So definitely just give those a cut back now as well. All right, boy. Thank you. Very helpful. Appreciate okay, not it. Not a problem. The best way to do it, mate, is with the shears. Just go over and give it a, a general cutback. Don't be too, uh, uh, don't be too worried about, uh, you know, getting in there and pruning each and uh, each and every branch. Thank you very much. Okay, not a problem. Bye. Thanks, Peter. Bye bye. We've got Jude now from Cooks Hill, and she's got something to add on the confetti bush. Jude, how can we help you? Hello, is that Greg? Uh, no, no, this is um, this is Scott here, Jude. You sound a little bit old and doddery there. Oh, oh, Scott. Oh, I used to play golf with your mum. Oh, did and, you? And, you know, she always wanted to get buried under one of those confetti bushes. Did she? And I think she called them a brain, yeah. Yes, did she? Yes, and she would have known the right name for it, wouldn't she? Right, the game's up now, Jude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all over but you. I, I've got to say, I didn't like your joke. Oh, no, okay, that's it. We're, <laughs> Cut her off. Cut her off now, okay. <laughs> Thank you. I thought you needed a little reminder there, Scotty. You know, confetti bush brainier, yeah. little pink and white and green leaves. Well, Jude, You've when, got it? when the gentleman uh, emails in the photo, we'll, we'll uh, see who uh, wins this one then. <laughs> I, I think I know who's going to win. Uh, no, Jude's not going to win this one, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bet next week's program on it. Okay, you can come and do next week's program <laughs> if I'm wrong in that case. <laughs> Bye, boys. Okay. Nice talking to you, Greg. Thanks, Jude. <laughs> Cheers, Jude. Bye. <laughs> I think it'd be great to have you two in the studio at the same time. I don't. I think we'd just tear each other's eyes out. It wouldn't be wouldn't be very uh, nice at all. You'd be mopping up. That'd be great for me. Yeah, it would. Yeah, you'd just sit back and let us uh, attack each other. <laughs> <It'd> be fantastic. <laughs> We've got Terry now from Edgeworth, and he's got a question about Olander. Oleander. Oleander. Oleanders. Terry, how can we help you with it? Good day, Scott. How you going? Good, mate. Scott, um, first off, I wanted to know if oleanders are legal. Uh, yes, they are. There, there's no worries about planting them. Yep. Um, but, uh, look, you do have to be careful about the sap with them. Uh, it can be a mild irritant to people. Yep, OK. Um, I've got no trouble. I've got a beautiful big oleander out the front. But up here at work, where I'm working, they've got a nice white one. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, how could I... Do I could I strike it from a cutting or something or could I how do I get a white one right to um yeah, to start? A- absolutely you can take cuttings from that one. Uh yeah. usually with a cutting you try and take uh, the cutting uh, you know where it's green and it's just starting to turn to that hardwood and that's yeah. where you take the cutting there just below the hardwood. Uh generally you strip off most of the leaves and then uh you can get a uh, hormone powder and dip the end into that and then just put it into a propagation mix and uh water as normal. And then um, when I want to transfer it to the ground, just um, transfer it back with all the contents of the, the pot and everything as it's already started, dig yeah. the hole and away it goes. Yeah, absolutely. So it might be you have to wait you know, a couple of months. Usually you can start to see the roots coming down through the bottom of the pot, and that's, okay. the, that's the time when you'd uh, transplant it. It might be about three months or so. Because if can you, you s- actually... Can you actually buy them, Scott, already sort of as junior plants? As uh, yes, you, you certainly can. But uh, if you've got a nice uh, plant sitting there that you can get some cuttings from, very easy plant to take cuttings from. Um, okay. So, yeah, you might as well give it a crack from there. I've got a, I want to transplant it, though, like up to... I've got a property up north, mm-hmm. 
And um, a lot of the neighbours said, oh, no, you can't. We've got a nice garden up there too, and it's in a house yard, and then we've got some land. And they all say, oh, no, no, no. Then farm people, they say, can't have an oleander up there because um, cattle might eat it or something or whatever. Yeah. And, and I've been trying to sort of put one in. But, I mean, in the right area, when it's been fenced off, it should be fine, don't you think? Yeah, look, look and I, I can't say about, um, you know, in different areas because council, it's different council areas that have their uh, different, uh, you know, sort of noxious weeds, declared noxious weeds. Yep. Uh, but oleander isn't. It's certainly out there for sale. Uh, yep. Again, I think the thing with oleander, though, is you don't let it go, you know, huge and, and horrid. Uh, it's it's one of those plants where you need to keep it pruned um, back very heavily each year, and you certainly can prune them back, and they actually become quite a nice little plant. Uh, you can use them for a hedge as well. Um, yeah, yeah. And very, uh, very good for uh, salt and wind conditions. You can get dwarf oleanders too if you want to get something a little bit smaller. Okay. Uh, smaller flower, smaller leaf, but uh, yeah, a, a plant you just wouldn't let go sort of willy-nilly because they get that really big clump, they get quite woody. Um, a plant you'd you know, keep pruned back quite heavily. Yeah, and they're very, very hardy, I know that. Oh, look, they certainly are. Um, they can yeah. dry out, like I said, wind and salt. Yeah, and yeah, the way um, they go again, and they seem to flower all year round. Yeah, they, they certainly do. Um, so, yeah, look, yeah, give, it, give it a try, take some cuttings right. and see how you go with it. Okay, Scott. Okay, good on you, Terry. Thanks for that, Thank mate. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Got Richard, and he's got a question about weeds in his lawn. Hello. Hey, Richard, how can we help you, mate? Um, oh, it's not weed. I don't know what it is. Um, it, it gives a, they look like runners, but they're, they're bright yellow, they're yellow in colour. And the lawn's nice and green, and it's and it goes real. The lawn goes real patchy, but it, and they look like runners that run down through the through the lawn. I don't know whether it's a bug or it's um or what it is. Right, I was wondering, wondering if you know what it is. And it, it is a plant that's growing in there, mate. It, it is, is it? I'm, I'm not. Look, I'm not. That, that's what it looks like. It looks like a, a a different form of grass in there, but. It's it's very destructive, destructive, you know, in the, uh, and it, and it ends up yeah, I end up with real, real bald patches in the lawn. Okay, and you can and just and pulling it out's not doing the job for you. So I pulled it out and I've really dressed it. You know, it's only in one patch of my lawn. Okay, um, and I, I I thought maybe it might have been a bug or something like that. No, look, if it is, the only thing you can try and do is get a product like Bindi and spray that on there. Look, I'm not guaranteeing it, um, but it might just, you know, sort of set it backwards a little bit without having a look at it and knowing exactly what the weed is. Uh, yeah, it's just a little bit difficult to, to pick that. Uh, if you want to, though, t- you can take some photos and send it into us. And, oh, that'd be an idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Greg, Greg is now very skillfully going to give you our email address. Which is gardening at 2 com. And so, yeah, send those. And, and look, that that uh, goes for anyone else out there who uh, needs something answered. If you want to send us in a picture or, uh, you know, if you don't feel like you want to get on the air, and uh, we'll have a squiz at it for you and uh, and try and help you out with it. Looking at a picture sometimes a lot easier than it, it describing is. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks for that, Scotty. Okay, not a worry. Good, yep, send it in to yeah. and we'll uh, try and answer it for you. All right. Cheers. Okay, thanks, thanks for that, Richard. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Scott, I think we've got time for a few more callers, and we've got Kathleen from Tyre Sill. Just another question about garlic. Kathleen, how can we help you? Good afternoon. Scott, um, okay, garlic. I planted um, the garlic via the cloves, you know, about when the seed potatoes and the bulbs and everything came into the shop. Yeah. And it grew, and now it's all started to die down. 
um, but they were never really sort of lushed in their growth or anything. So I, I dug one up just to check, and the bulb's only like a 10-cent coin size. Do I have to leave it in for another season or something? Yes, I, I, I'll do that in that case and just let it, uh, you know, come back and regrow for you and just get larger, and then you'll probably find it'll split off from there as well. Oh, oh, okay, and yeah. so... Um, how big is a garlic plant sort of supposed to grow? And do they flower? Is that the indication that they're ready to um, die off and pull up? Yeah, look, flowering is generally the indication that, you know, a plant is ready to uh, give up the ghost like that and it's ready to be harvested. But, uh, look, generally about eight months or so uh, with garlic uh, is, is the time for the garlic to form properly and under the ground. Oh, okay. So it's almost had that now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, thanks, Heath. The, the other thing I was going to say is uh, some sea salt uh, would be very beneficial for garlic because it uh, really feeds the root system of plants. So, uh, And that's what you want to try and do, build up that, uh, that bulb in under the ground. So some sea salt probably would be very helpful. Okay, sweet. Thanks. I'll try that. Okay. Thank you, Kathleen. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Garlic sounds like hard work now. Hey, come on. Well, we had one caller saying we've said how easy it is, and we had one caller saying now maybe she hasn't had the best result, and you're giving up on it already. What's going on here? It's like I've got to wait so long. It's like I've got to wait two years for a bit of garlic. Where's your spine, man? Where's your spine? It's out the window. All right, Scott, we've probably got time for one more call, and it's a Beverly from Raymond Terrace, and she's got a question about the navel orange tree. Hey, Beverly, yeah. how, how can we help you? Uh, well, I, I've always had beautiful oranges from it, yes. but this year... Um, all I did was rake them up from underneath because they fell off the trees and they've uh, sort of got a mouldy, uh, horrible thing on them. And this year I've had a look at it and it's got all little oranges coming on it and I don't know what to do to prevent what happened this time. Yeah, look, that's all right. I, I think uh, we had Jim uh, from Cameron Park call up earlier on about his lemon, and he was describing that he had melanose uh, on on his lemons, and that sounds like what uh, you've got, and that's a fungal disease uh, that, um, <clears throat> that that the plants get on the fruit. And so I think you need to get a fungicide of some sort. Uh, there's one called copper oxychloride. And if you go to your local garden centre and say, look, I need a fungicide for melanose, they'll be able to help you out with that. And you start spraying like you are now when you've got the little green uh, oranges on the tree. Yeah. And that will actually protect it and stop them falling off like they have for you. <laughs> a fungicide. Yes, that's what you need, yes. Yes. Um, so um, I think I'm the last one. Uh, I listened to your show. It's very interesting. Uh, the only other quick thing I can ask you is about my magnolia tree. Yes. It's, it's got um, that horrible mould on the trunks. Oh, okay. So I think if you go to your garden centre and get this fungicide, you're going to be able to kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, <laughs> uh, because you'll be able to use that fungicide on the, uh, on the trunk of your plant as well, and that uh, of your magnolia, and that will get rid of uh, any uh, fungal diseases on the trunk as well. So I'd get oh, definitely, great, yeah, definitely great. get that copper spray and, uh, and spray that down until it's running down the trunk of the tree and that should get rid of that there for you as well. Oh, thank you very, very much. Not a problem. We like to uh, be helpful here and we like to kill two birds with one stone. All right, that, that's lovely of you. Okay, not a problem. Thank Th you very much. Thank you, Beverly. Have a nice afternoon. Yeah. It's always handy when you get a two-for-one, isn't it? It certainly is. It certainly is. It's like the jackpot here. Well, Scott, we're nearly out of time for another week. But we've put off cucumbers. Yes. Two weeks in a row now. You want to talk about cucumbers or I feel tomatoes? As though we, 
Um, Come on, it's, you can make your choice here. We'll go, we'll go cucumbers because I kicked off with cucumbers. Right, okay. So we'll go with cucumbers. Or whatever you have in front of you. <laughs> whatever I have in front of me. That's all right. That's all right. We stall for time then. Everything's working quite nicely. Our cucumbers. Yes. Yes. Great on sandwiches. They are fantastic on sandwiches. People have them in gin now as well. I don't quite go for that. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I, I can't get that taste going. That's that's not one for me. But uh, very um, yeah, look, they're a quick growing plant. Um, they can be a little bit touchy here in Newcastle because we have our humid weather, mm-hmm. and that's what people mostly have problems with. They have the fungal problems uh, where it gets down into the through the flower and down into the fruit, or the fruit sitting on the ground. So a great way of growing cucumbers is actually up in some sort of raised garden bed. Yep, uh, you know, at the side of a uh, retaining wall and let the cucumbers try and get them to trail down over the wall so they're not necessarily sitting on the uh, on the soggy soil uh, when you're watering or that they're just trailing over the side of that raised garden bed. Right. Uh, now, when they're flowering, you need to uh, go and grab a fungicide like we've been talking about today, um, copper oxychloride, and uh, give it a spray then, and that will uh, really help you... Uh, keep the fungus out of your cucumber. I'm going to have to cut you off there, Scott. Oh, so quickly. It's been a hell of a journey. It has been, as (laughs) As always. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.